Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to this, the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. A podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. And what a weekend of rugby it has been. We've got the All Blacks, we've got the European Cup, but most importantly, we've got Tim in a shipping container, where all shipping containers go, actually, in Greece. <laughs> yeah, you're right, big on their shipping out here. Oh, they absolutely love I've it. Come... Must be able to get a great deal. Oh, absolutely. Well, especially, well not so much with the, uh, the the value of the pound dropping. Um, oh. But but still get a good deal on shipping containers out here. Um, Cali Spera. Who? What? <laughs> Good evening. Ah, oh, right. Uh, I, I've just stepped away from a taverna that had incredible pork belly and uh, red wine. That's why I was just um, up to my eyeballs in. But I'm absolutely delighted to be uh, chatting to you boys. Well, I've just neglected a man who has incredible statistics. So I'll say hello to him now. Hello, Philip. Hello, Jonathan. Uh, how has your weekend been? Has it been as good as Tim's? Uh, different. I've also been doing some travelling. Probably not as much as Tim. I was over in Northern Ireland this weekend. You're so hardcore, it's ridiculous. You were in Newcastle as well, weren't you? Uh, I, no, I was in Newcastle, County Down. Ah, right. There so Newcastle, go. Northern Ireland, not Newcastle, England. Mm. And of course, we'll be in Newcastle, uh, Newcastle, County Down. No, we won't. We'll be in Northern Ireland. We'll be in Belfast on, is it the 15th of December? 15th of December. Mm. Ulster versus Harlequins. Um, right, what do you want to start with, gents? Actually, should we start with Thursday? Get that o- uh, off our chest. <laughs> of course, you mean Gloucester's stunning nine Oh, no, no, victory. no. Let, let, let's save this. Let's keep our powder dry. <laughs> so in a little while on the podcast, don't go anywhere, because in a little while on the podcast, you're going to hear all about our night out at the Audio and Radio Industry Awards, the annual Oscars of the Audio and Radio Industry, the Arias. And uh, yeah, we, we've definitely got something, some stuff to talk about there. <laughs> let's let's keep our powder dry on that, though. Yeah, maybe, maybe. How about we start with some of the most awesome rugby? And I, I mean this genuinely. One of the most awesome weekends of rugby I can remember since the last awesome weekend of rugby. <laughs> it has been spectacular. Yeah, best one of season 2017-18. Oh, easily. It, it's was brilliant. I mean, I wonder if this is the weekend that a lot of teams will look back on as I, uh, as their turning point in either a very good way <laughs> or a very bad way. Uh, yes. Um, I, I guess we should start with the, with, the, with the international because there was one and that is the most high profile game. Yeah, go on. Um, uh, you, uh, you were very much not in favour of Bledisloe Low 3, weren't you, Jimmy? No, I, I think it's a waste of time. Um, I think it's a waste of time. I thought 
it was so sad that you've got these two teams. And I wonder if just the Australian public have been beaten into submission by, you know, uh, the Super Rugby force. Getting to play New Zealand three times a year is never going to be, be any fun. And all this stuff just added up. And that's why you had so many, so many empty seats on Saturday. But the empty seats and the people who missed out on going to this game <laughs> missed an absolute cracker. And one of the best Australian performances in a number of years. And a key kind of... You can almost see the progression Bledisloe on Bledisloe this year. Yeah. So I didn't think they would, they would do anything. I thought that the... I thought that their big game was Test 2 against the All Blacks. Yeah. And, you know, they lifted their game artificially for, you know, one last hurrah. The All Blacks are on the end of God knows how many games, a three-test series against the Lions, and that was it. That that was the aberration. Wrong. Uh, I, I thought the Australian lads really put it in. I mean, uh, the stand-up performer for, for me, there was many stand-up. I mean, Izzy uh, Falau, exceptional. McMahon, I, I had no idea that this guy was really that good, but he actually is very, very good. Yeah. Oh, his beast mode, just breaking out of those tackles on that 130, 40-metre run was outstanding to watch. Yeah, I, I can't imagine the sort of terror that it must fill you with when doing Israel Folau does that thing where he runs across everyone's channel. Do you know the thing you're not meant to do? Uh, I, yes, I know exactly what yeah. you're Just mean. running laterally. Running laterally. You must be thinking, you must be there with your fingers crossed, like, do not, yeah. do not change direction yet. Do not change Don't. Direction. He's don't pick, me. Don't pick my channel. Just don't <laughs> yeah. pick my channel. And then he goes bang. <laughs> he's he's brilliant. Uh, and I tell you, we're not, my... we're not going to be. Uh, well, sorry. Go on, JB. Go on. Uh, sorry. My favourite part of that entire game was the final restart because it had All Blacks regathering and scoring written all over it. Yeah. And I don't know who caught it, but what what a hero! Well, the the final bit of the game was the Sam Kane knock on, wasn't it? Yeah. So All Blacks have the the ball 25 yards out. We've been there before. There's no time left on the clock. They're gonna. You you just. You expect that they're just gonna have phase after phase after phase. 18 phases later, if necessary, they will glide in. Yes. And they didn't. The pressure that Australia put on them, and the pressure that was put on themselves, and I tell you, I tell you what, what a day for Irish rugby. I mean, it doesn't get much bigger or better than this. Irish rugby. Did I say, yeah, Irish rugby. Holders of the JB Cup, of course. <laughs> Ireland, new champions. Congratulations, boys. Oh, God. <laughs> A winning streak of you four. Shouldn't be able to, there should be no trophy you win by another team losing. <laughs> well, that's just... Hey, don't, uh, don't, hold, don't, don't, don't hate the player, hate the game. It's, that, yeah, that's, what, well, that's, uh, that's exactly what Tim's sorry, doing. Don't hate the game, hate the players. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> uh, the, uh, <laughs> a, couple, a couple of takeaways from New Zealand v Australia. One... The one chink in New Zealand's armour, I think, which could is something they need to address before Japan 2019, is the strength of their bench. Interesting. Well, so I I do agree with that, and I, actually, it's the strength of their bench and also the strength of their starting team. So they're missing quite a few that's players. Kind of what I thought, and that's I didn't really want to address that because it does feel like you're taking a little bit away from a very Australia. good Australian performance, right? But you're right. I mean, that front row wasn't the starting front row. There was no Brodie Ritalik. Yeah. Um, there was no Jerome Kano. Um, no Bowden Barrett. Yeah. So no, no Ben Smith. Yeah, they were missing a no, lot. No uh, Israel Dag. I, I think it was, it was Ritalik actually they, they missed the most because he's just so physical. He gives them that extra bit of grit which they don't really have. 
I thought since... But the but the, the feature of the all black team leading into twenty seventeen was that there was three players that were interchangeable in every position. Yep. That's not looking like it has been in the past. So that's definitely an area. Um from Australia's point of view, do you see that Izzy Falau was influential again? He's taking a break from the autumn internationals. He's not gonna play again this year, so we're not gonna see him in the northern what? hemisphere. Is that right? I presume it's some sort of David Pocock esque um oh, break tra- save, himself saving the world in some way. <laughs> Bernard Foley did this uh, a couple of years ago, or 18 did months he? ago as well. Yeah. I remember Bernard Foley doing it. So what yeah. is he going to do with his time? It's just going to rest him up. I think it's really great as well because Australia, what we're just talking about with New Zealand, Australia are going to have a chance to bring in probably Carmichael Hunt can get some game time. Yeah, perhaps. Be, what? Maybe Beal at 15 and Carmichael Hunt at 12. So I think it could be a win-win, but it's just a shame we're not going to get to see Izzy Falau in um in the games up here in the north. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, what did you think of the shirt? I'm kind of indifferent. It's an okay shirt. Tim? Nah. It was, right, the shirt itself actually isn't too bad. It reminds me a little bit of sales shirt, but in yellow. Um, <laughs> so you must love it. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Uh, <laughs> do you know what? I, I just don't see... Well, when the All Blacks came out, they're in All Black. Right? The appeal of the All Blacks is the institution of that team being the best in the world, the best in, in New Zealand. And when you get there, you're there because you deserve to be there. And that's really it. It's the greatness of the All Blacks. They wouldn't change their shirt for anyone. And I just don't like these novelty shirts which people are putting out left, left, left right, and centre. And I don't need to be reminded of the indigenous population or of any kind of minority. I just want to see people play rugby. And that's it. I don't want anything else encroaching on my sporting experience. It, It's just, it's the thin end of a wedge, and I do not like it one bit. So and by the way, I say the like same the pink, thing about the poppy. You don't like the pink Under Armour boots either? No, don't, not at all. I don't like anything like that. I just want them to play rugby. And then after, if they want to put stuff on their Twitter account, or the club wants to get involved with something, do that. But let's stop putting these causes whatever the cause is injecting it into sport for some reason most of the time you know it's it's pointless anyway i mean yeah the pink boots are a great one do we need any more awareness of breast cancer no we don't we all know about it if you want to hand, <laughs> hand, uh, hand over some money later please do in fact i i encourage you if you're listening to hand over some money to, to breast cancer but leave the boots alone I, I encourage you to do your research into the charity before you donate to one. But, oh, don't uh, get me onto this yeah. this is down a rabbit hole you do not want to explore <laughs> with me <laughs> well going going from one uh questionable kit shall we say but a very good performance, to what was possibly the performance of the weekend, mm-hmm. but another questionable kit. Ooh, who would this be? There's so many of them. <laughs> um, in Montpellier, Exeter Chiefs. Yeah. Relentless, aren't they? Those I... Chiefs really turned it on. It was an outstanding effort. It, it really was. And so, very I, Chievish. <laughs> I was watching this game uh, on my phone in... Belfast City Airport, actually, and I was I was certain, I was certain that Exeter were going to mess it up. Now, not because Exeter aren't a good team, but there's a couple of things. One, the Montpellier team are just so massive and they so are relentless, huge. Um, but two, r- right up to the end, right up almost to the last whistle, Exeter keep kept on making what I felt were bad decisions. Like just what, so they scored that 
penalty in the what minute was it? Seventy second minute. Mm-hmm. They received the kickoff, seventy third minute, and they received it twenty five yards from their own try line and tried to play rugby. Instead of just booting the ball as far as they could and kick chasing, they tried to play rugby, got held up. So held up, Montpellier scrum. Yeah. X to turn the ball over. Instead of learning from their lesson and trying to kick kick the ball away, they tried to play rugby again. Well, got held up again, Montpellier scrum. Do you know, it's interesting. So I wanted to know a little bit more about this because I don't really understand the strategy or how you kind of execute it. But afterwards, Rob Baxter was talking. And he mentioned running exits. Now, I've never played in a team that executes running exits. I don't really know how you go about doing it. I mean, obviously, you want to run the ball out. That makes sense. But I'd love to know the analysis behind why he wanted to do that, whether he felt that there was a chance to exploit the Montpellier size, maybe, you know, keep the ball in play for longer. I, I don't know. But well, it's quite interesting that he brought that up. It nearly cost them because they, they lost the ball twice. If Montpellier had something about them in that last few minutes... Uh, mm. They could have snatched a draw or even a win. But I actually thought the more in... uh, go on, Tim. No, that's right. No, I, I I agree with Phil. I would say having watched Exeter a number number of times this season, um, the confidence that they have to just play from anywhere. Yeah, I really admire. Albeit, if I was a player, I would have been biting my nails. But yeah, I, I'm I, again. I'm trying to think of what the strategy is. It, does it? Would it disproportionately wear down the opposition? In f- fatigue-wise, I don't know. Is I answer? don't know. I'm trying but to think what the thinking is. You d- you're doing it for keeping possession. You do, yeah. So I could understand it throughout the game, but with five minutes to go, your your time for wearing them down is done. They are they are very true to themselves, though, aren't they? Because right from the start, instead of going you know, kicking for points, and they can they can do that because Steenson's one of the best in the game, and he, they he did always a... plough for the corner. Yeah, yeah, and that. So for anyone listening, if that's me being negative, or if you think that's me being negative. It is on that tiny little section. If you take the whole of the rest of the 75 minutes, I thought Exeter were magnificent. Yeah. I thought they played exactly the right game at the right time. Uh, a couple of the tries they scored were brilliantly taken, like the Witten try. Oh, that was some That was some, some effort. And Don Armand. Yeah. That, well, so two best players for Exeter for me, Don Armand and Slade. Right. I thought Slade was incredible. I think James Haskell will be in the England squad. I think he'll probably start six because I think there is a value to continuity. I think Eddie Jones also appreciates that, that, that value. What I'm trying to say is me and Eddie Jones think very, very alike. <laughs> if if he starts Haskell at six. Yes. If but he doesn't. Don Ormond. I mean, how is he not going to play six immediately? Regardless of his past experience at international, surely he's earned it. Oh, this was... Or seven. Whichever, whichever way he wants to deploy him. Yeah. Play him anywhere. Play him... Play him six or seven, or have him as back row cover on the bench because he can do yeah, anything. And l- yeah, and let's be clear about this: we're not we're not saying oh we had a great match against Montpellier, get him in. We're saying he has been at one of the consistently best performing back row players in yeah. the Avicii Premiership uh, since, and since... and in European matches for a couple of years yeah. solidly. Yes. Uh, I'd yeah. say really since the final of the Premiership, which he won. He has been the best back row in the country, I'd say. I mean, well, maybe the best back row at what he does. That's probably a, a fairer analysis. Because you'd probably say Simmons would run, would run him close. Yeah, and Newcastle fans would say, hold on, Mark Wilson, he's been, he's been, he deserves to have had more shots than he's had as well. Uh, and I, I said it a while back, and it's no, it's not disparaging Haskell. It's just purely on 
what they're capable of right now and what they're demonstrating, I don't understand how Haskell gets back in the England squad. But uh, just just before we... I'm not wanting to get off point too much, but I would say that the overall theme of the weekend, it has been brilliant in Europe, the overall theme of the weekend for me is it's kind of very similar to where it was last season. Not a lot has changed. Go on. In terms of the performances... Well, yeah, so the the Irish provinces and the French sides look particularly strong. Mm-hmm. Some some English teams look very good. In you know Saracens Exeter, in, in this Leicester. case, uh, and Wales and Scotland falling behind Italy, albeit they're they're showing up well. They're um they're, they're not up to it, and possibly and what I've sort of the conclusion I've come to over the last couple of weeks is I might not like it, but maybe it does demonstrate why that Pro 14 expansion was necessary. Because they're not up to it. Mm. I, I don't know. Uh, we'll come back. Uh, well, we can, you know, no, we'll do this now, actually. So, uh, the Scottish team in the competition this year, Glasgow, are undoubtedly up to it. I have no doubt about that. I think they came up against a really tough, t- t- well, tough two teams. I mean, we saw Ex- Exeter play today, and they were brilliant. And Leinster, well, I mean, you can pick a whole Irish um, international team from, uh, uh, from that side, as well, you can from so, Glasgow. So, you're making fair. my point for me? Um, no, because I, I do think that no Glasgow are 100% up to the standard needed for, for this competition. They just have the toughest group. I mean, you wouldn't make the same argument if Toulon had lost two games on the bounce or Saracens had w- lost two games in the bounce. I think it speaks more to the competitive nature of the competition. Than no, if, if, if Saracens of... had lost two games on the bounce, I'd be saying, oh, are the other leagues ahead of the Avicii Premiership, perhaps? Mm. But that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying Italy, Wales, Scotland... I can kind of see why the Pro 14, why they were so keen to try and get some more money in, because they're 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 doing admirably, but it's not it's not they they're not up to the standard, and it's fine margins. I understand that. I think you're wrong on on Glasgow. I think you might be right on, particularly the Ospreys. I mean, the Ospreys are, are pretty poor, well, even though they had a very good game on the weekend. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to think about the Ospreys. I, they they ran Saracens closer. Uh, they're near full strength Saracens team at at um, Allianz Park closer than I've seen anyone run them for a long yeah. long time uh, they have not lost at Allianz Park for how long now it's uh, it, it, they they got beat by uh, was it Wasps was it last year when they had a load of internationals missing yeah, Wasps uh, and a load of injuries beat, beat them away as well I'm not sure but in Europe I don't think they've lost for something like three years it's, it's ridiculous th- yeah I mean the, they've not lost in Europe a game for the last two two years <laughs> which is just phenomenal and as i saw that ospreys team announced i looked at it i thought that it that team is horrible i mean that <laughs> team is absolutely horrible uh cory allen on the wing he's probably you know probably best position center uh on the bench you've got lads like brent uh, brendan leonard who well you know let's be honest not great um and then amongst all this you've got the drama of reese webb uh just it, it doesn't look good there and yet they did really really well they played brilliantly they, they were brilliant. So, so, but that, that doesn't. So, what you're basically saying is, yeah, the squads aren't particularly good, but they, they've they've done well considering, which is no, no, the Glasgow squad is the exceptional. The point I'm making. No, the Glasgow squad is exceptional. I'm I'm with you on the Welsh on the Welsh teams. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on the Welsh team. I'm I'm optimistic about the Italian team given the trajectory of the way that they're improving. Yeah, they're yeah. they're not they're not there yet. They aren't no. there yet. Yeah. Uh, and Ospreys, I do feel like it was a one-off. Yeah. Well, they're on, what, seven-game losing bounce now, yeah? 
uh, sorry, seven games on the bounce losing. Yeah. Um, and I th- I suspect that Saracen's performance is sort of like the dead cat bounce. So. I'm well, didn't not... they? Have, didn't they have a bit of a, a performance last week, albeit got the, another loss against Claremont at home? Yeah, it was a decent performance there as well. Now, yeah. I don't like to talk about Sale, as you well know, but well, that's not that. Oh, yeah, they're yeah. they're in an inferior competition, and it doesn't matter. Sale, but... Sale are wholly irrelevant this. <laughs> no, there is completely sort, irrelevant. There is sort and, uh... of something which is analogous here, which oh, is oh my god, they were... you actually doing yeah. this? They they were struggling in the league last year. And then the European stuff came about, Champions Cup, and they had a ridiculously hard group. And they competed relatively well, but they still lost. And I just think like the, the, the stress of the Champions Cup on a squad which isn't doing particularly well in its domestic league, it's just too, too much. I think Ospreys are in the same sort of position. You could have made that point without referring to Sale. Yeah, but <laughs> no, that's fine. Definitely. No. <laughs> They're in a really hard pull. It's the point you made. Yeah. Well, so let's... maybe maybe temper the way we're judging them because they're in a very very hard pull. Let's let's talk about another Welsh team, Scarlets. One, one that have been doing brilliant things up until now, and who they got. So Tim, you were at this game. Yeah. From me observing it uh, on TV, it looked like they had the wrong game plan. But yeah. combine that with. Bath having a very simple game plan that was suited to the conditions and executing it near perfectly. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think if you if you put the, uh, I mean, obviously it was the game plan that they went into it with, and the players executed what what they planned for. And yeah, like you say, Bath's error count, penalty count was incredibly low and that's partly due to the fact they they played in a in a relatively risk-free fashion yeah. as the condition as the conditions dictated but i i honestly think if you change the two men in 10 different result mm, maybe uh you got to remember this as well i think bath had 100 percent set piece success on both lineouts and scrums too no the, absolutely not i think they had no no the, the line out mall was critical and was a foundation of many of the penalties that they scored, uh, uh, was several of the penalties they scored points from and got them out, got them relieved pressure when they were in defence. But no, the scrum, the scrum was pretty 50-50. It was a bit more of a lottery. But the line-out, um, yeah. Bath, were, ve- were very good. The, the line-out, Bath were 100% on. Yes. Um, which is... No, they weren't 100% on the scrum because I remember them losing... Yeah, they, they had a few... Losing uh, Sam, yeah. Samson Lee ripped into Beno Urbano a few times. Yeah, but the line-out... They were hundred percent on the lineout, which is remarkable given those conditions, mm. yeah. and given how good last couple of years the Scarlet set piece has been. Yeah. I I think this is a really disappointing loss for the Scarlets. Yeah, because Huge, yeah. they've got oh. ambitions to be a very good team. They're already champions of the domestic league. Yeah, they want to push on, and this is not a vintage Bath Bath team by any stretch. Mm-hmm. No, I mean the best team in the Pro Twelve, if you want to call them that. Uh, you know, well, they are they are the champions. Yeah, definitely the best team in Wales got beaten and you know this isn't to be too harsh but they got beaten by a team which includes Reese Priestland, Scott yep. Andrews and Alid Brew. Yeah. Who don't get in don't get into the Welsh uh, actually Reese Priestland would. The other two no. Yeah. Bat Bath starting front row wasn't available. Their first choice lock wasn't available. Uh their a hole in two, their two first choice flankers weren't available. Their they were shorn of masses of um, 
of first choice players. They've mm. got they, they've got a massive injury list. So yeah, hugely disappointing. And and I I don't think Scarlets will recover from that. No, I think that's in this a... in, in this in this pool. L- L- yeah, lose it. They've lost two games. They lost their first game at home, which should have been winnable. Um, and because they're in the uh, Benetton group, you'd expect there to be two people coming out of this. But it's a. Big... I have a feeling Benetton are going to win a game. That... I think year. I think you might be right, and I've got a feeling it might be the Scarlets. But so no one will underestimate them after their performance against Toulon. Now, no, yeah, that's true. Underestimate them at, at your absolute peril. Mm. Um, there was one final point I was going to make on this, but I've forgotten it, so we'll move on. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I'll tell you what. Let's let's stay with Wales and Reese Webb. Oh, it, it could be playing for Wales in these autumn internationals. Uh, and maybe in the Six Nations, but Tim. beyond beyond this season, he will not be playing for Wales. I have got a lot to say about this, but before I do, why don't you tell everyone about Cornerstone, mate? Cornerstone, the incredible mail order razor company. Oh yeah, that's that them. could have a, a a presentation box delivered to you with six razors that won just mop up industry awards against many competitors. Go and look online. To see their GQ award that they won in the past, there. Wait, did, did, they win a, did they win a GQ award? Was that they d- was that one of the things that we've been told? What things are we? No, we are allowed to talk about it, but we're not allowed to talk about the other people that entered it. Yes, they, okay. they won a GQ award for okay. best razor. Mm. Uh, they, they on a BBC television show, they came up as best in class in in amongst the ones that they uh, tested. And what is the point of this? Is we love it. Um, and you can get an incredible deal because you're listening to us right now. And for less than the cost of a pint, for four pounds, you could get yourself six wonderful cornerstone razors in a presentation box, and you can get a free engraved aluminium shaft. Get your initials on it. Uh, and unlike others that have come on the market and trying to copy what Cornerstone do, they offer you these plastic things. Get a proper metal one engraved with your initials for just four quid. Uh, by going to cornerstone.co.uk slash eggchasers. That's cornerstone.co.uk slash eggchasers or... Egg10 at checkouts. So if you've been on another planet, you may have missed this, but Gatlin's law has changed. The law now... Who would have thought that? And we were, we were joking about this last week, saying however many caps Reese Webb has is how many caps that yep. you'll have to have. That's not the case. They've followed the Australian model where it's Welsh players, as of next season, will be have to play in Wales or be outside of Wales, but with 60 caps or mm. more. Yeah, so, uh, you know, in a nutshell, this is why I hate Welsh rugby. I mean, <laughs> I am Welsh. When Wales play, I cheer. Um, I have so little time for the regions and the politics. It, it's beyond a joke now. I mean, it really is poor. Um, I think this is one of the meanest things I've, I've heard in a long time. Uh, Rhys Webb had signed that deal. Later on, they say, well, you know, he's only signed heads of terms or he knew what he was getting getting into or so on and so forth. Regardless of his international caps, the lad has spent 10 years at the Ospreys. He's got numerous, um, he's had uh, numerous caps for for the Ospreys. In fact, a load of appearances, well over 100. And I just can't see why this is good for him or for Welsh rugby. It's stupid. Well, it's, clear, it's clearly not good for him. No, it's terrible for him. Um, now... If they're worried about, say, England poaching players, it's quite a simple equation. Fine. Let the players go. In fact, I would I would say, if you're going to spend this money, 
Spend it on developing players so England can poach them. Because the more players playing in England from a Welsh background, who are capped by the under-20s or whatever it is, uh, the less English talent that is playing. It's a simple equation. Yeah, you've you, you, you made this point. Let's yeah, keep it on yeah. the... If the Welsh development the system... Law. And also, it makes the players better. If you've got players playing all over the world or all over Europe under some of the best coaches in the world, why is that a bad thing? I think it's an awful, awful decision. Well, well why do you think they've done it, JB? Do you, do you think that... I mean, I what think, they're doing is that yeah. they're trying to preserve the integrity of the domestic league and also give players the chance to go and make their coin as well. They have done it because the RFU, the RFU, the WRU and the regions have this sort of relationship where they are trying to muddle together some kind of package. Some, sometimes it's stick, sometimes it's, sometimes it's carrot. In this case, it's most certainly certainly the stick in order to make players uh, play in Wales. As far as I'm concerned, they're stealing their labour and I think it's massively not on. The choice should be... Um, I mean, if you're in Bath, you can come across the bridge. If you're in Bristol, Gloucester, these places are not far away, and it's good rugby. And these aren't Premiership clubs paying top top money, and these are top professionals that they want at a discount, and it's not on. So, <clears throat> there there is something in that. I think the what the reason that the WRU are doing this is twofold. One. If they have players under their control, they can guarantee them rest periods. Mm -hmm. So, Talupe Falatau, for example, who's playing at Bath, Bath will play him every minute of every game yeah. because he is the best number eight in the club. Uh, when Billy Vunapol is injured, he's the best number eight in the league. Mm -hmm. And that's not going to be good for him if he's injured for half of the season. No. The, the other side of it is, look at the two best uh, rugby teams in the world right now, uh, international teams. Who would you say? Well, obviously, New Zealand and New Zealand and England. Yeah, okay. are the top two ranked teams. Yep. They've been the top two ranked teams for the last two years. Um, they have the strongest domestic leagues. So mm -hmm. they they have the best domestic teams. Ireland, who've been pushing recently and improving recently, uh, recently I mean the last few years, they've also got a very good strong domestic league. And Wales obviously want to replicate that. So they want to keep their players in house to strengthen the league to build a better fan base, to attract more players into the game uh, and strengthen... The intent is to strengthen the national team because of that. Uh, I don't think it's about the national team, actually, at all. I think the intent is to keep the play. I think it's a favour from the WRU to the regions to help them keep, keep their talent. That, I don't think it's at all about the national teams uh, having I, access to those players. I think there's a, a nice kind of you know, side benefit for the WRU and they're kind of in favour of it, but I think it's more driven by the regions than the WRU. I think it's. I, I think it is. Right. So the Weese Reb, the we the Weese Reb, <laughs> the Reese Web thing has made it uh, sort of tapped tapped into some sort of kind of emo a more emotional response because it feels unfair for him. Just a point on that. He has indicated that he knew that he was likely to miss out. So well, he was. He, wasn't was, he? he, only he, had, a, he had like a not not a one in three. He had. Um, no, no, One no, of the three no, spaces he, he, open to him in Gatlin's Law, and now he doesn't. No, he was he was given a heads up that his move with the upcoming changes that were, were, were that were due to be put in because these weren't just invented, you know, in, in a couple of hours in the last week or so. Uh, he was given a heads up: if you choose to take this contract with the new with the new laws that are coming in, you're likely to miss out on being able to play for Wales. So he knew. So I, I, that that does temper the sympathy 
a little bit. Come on, mate. How... I still, I still, I still feel sorry for him as as an individual. However, looking at the broader picture, I completely see why they're doing it, and I think one player is not is not worth throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Well, I think Wales think? national team will be better for this. No way. I mean, I, I'm. I think just because it works for Ireland doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for Wales. And also, I'd, I'd argue Wales has got more. Like, well, it certainly used to have more talent than Ireland. More people playing. Well, you, well, you say Ireland, England, England have a, a situation where there's not even a sixty cap, um, uh, little thing that caveat. Yeah, but there's loads you're, more. You're money. in England, or you you can't play for England. Yeah, but there is loads more money. I mean, that for them is a financial situation. If I get my England money, I cannot outdo this contract by going to France kind of decision, isn't it? I know, but Whereas, all they're missing out all, all they're missing out on all they're missing out on is Reese Webb. Well but the, 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 the upsides the upsides I think will be bigger than the loss of Reese Webb. If you look at it like an equation. No what, what happens what happens with Liam Williams? He's forty three caps. Yeah what happens So uh, presumably he he will no longer be available. Yeah I, I, then they'll probably put in something like if you had a pre existing deal which would be what I'm pretty certain that they will do. and Yeah, they will. Uh, it, I just don't see what the problem is with the... Well, I do know what the problem is. But developing players just for export? I mean, I really don't, I really don't see the problem. I would love to see uh, English teams filmed with Welsh talent. And if I was the WRU, I'd be much more clever about this. I'd go over to the RFU, I'd go to the Premiership and say, look, you're going to get some of our players. Can we agree... Some sort of play, 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 player release. Because if that's what's really bothering you, write it into the contracts. But it's not what is bothering them. It's about stealing labour from lads that deserve more money in a short career and have done it completely the wrong way. And, sh- and shame on them. Well, again, I, I, it, it does seem very ruthless. I, as I say, I think for the reasons that Phil outlined... Is, is international the, rugby more important than an individual's lifetime earnings? The answer is no, it's not. Well, what what's it isn't the priority? If you, no, what, if you pay your mortgage, it depends, depends what you look at. What the what's the objective of the WRU? It's to help Wales win a World Cup, and will this will this help get them I mean, closer how, to it? I, they be, they believe so, and I actually believe so. In fact, the, the more I think about it, the more outrageous it gets because they'll talk about player welfare and all the rest of it, but they're actually stealing labour, and that is what it can that is what it can comes down to. I I, I can understand it, it seeming harsh. As I say, if you look if you look at the pure objective. To to help Wales win a World Cup, will it help it? And that's that's the only criteria they're looking at. And it might and it seems really really harsh. And I do feel sorry for Reese Webb or anyone else that's put in this position of having to choose. But will it make Wales a better no. better team on the national stage? I believe it probably will. No. And the one last thing, one last thing before we move on. It's short sighted because you're not actually going to free up those regional spots for new talent coming through. And I, you know, it's the at, same point you've made again and again. Yeah, but it's the right them, point, and yeah. it's not acknowledged in any way, shape, or form. You know, bringing Jamie Jamie Roberts back, or James Hook, or Dan Lydiot, who's done nothing since, isn't going to help the Welsh national team. You know, uh, none. Well, none of those players need to come back because they'll they'll well, be, well, James they'll Hawk be is back. enough pedigree. That but James Hook is back, mate. No, no, but they they won't need to on on the to be able to be eligible. That, uh, that makes no sense. Well, on That's that fair. eligibility thing, here's what, just one quick one to touch on then. And Gregor Townsend has been, he's naming his Scotland squad tomorrow as we record this on the Sunday um, for the upcoming Autumn Internationals. He's come out and defended the fact that Scotland, I believe, is it Scotland and Wales? 
or it might just be Scotland, I don't know. But Scotland have appointed a person whose sole job, or people, a, a team or an individual, I'm not sure, whose sole job is to go around English clubs trying to um, convince young players that have been developed in English academies to come and play for Scotland. Uh, he's He's been defending that. Uh, the English clubs are and the want to rearrange the way that teams are compensated when a player is developed in say an English academy and then is taken and placed for Scotland they want to change the the, the level of compensation uh, that they get which is quite minimal at the minute so it's one little eligibility and national team development storyline that's unfolding at the moment I've not heard that actually yeah. where's it from it's, what are you doing with your phone what do you mean? You're on your phone and and you're smirking. What are you up to? Smirk? I'm, I was googling uh, 2017 Rugby Autumn International. I thought you were taking pictures of my feet. No, you, <laughs> your feet are filthy. That wasn't the reason I was smirking. Your your feet are. That's how much Phil loves the AIs. Yeah, he, he loves these Autumn Internationals that much. Your feet are. That he looks suspicious <laughs> just when he's looking at how good they're going to be. Yes. Um. No, I was thinking because I have heard this story. It, it's, there's two. Scotland have appointed two full-time scouts to go I and ass- assess uh, school bo- English s- schoolboy talent no, maybe who, is, not. who is Scotland eligible. Wow. Yeah. So how are they doing that? Sending go- going around watching games? Well, just some, some guy in a Mac shows up and say, uh, what's that guy called there? He looks all right. What's his name? What's his last name? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, it's uh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, so... If they're watching schoolboy rugby, presumably... Like, a schoolboy in academy, I think Yeah, I was going to say, it must be academy for the English clubs to get, to get upset. Yeah. What what proposed changes do they want, Tim? Do you know? Well, I think that if an English player is developed in an English academy and then is taken to a Scottish region or a Welsh province, not province, Irish province or a Welsh region, um, they there's, there is a level of compensation paid to the academy and remember the rfu fund the club academy significantly they put millions in to developing Mm. these young players so uh there is a level of compensation but it's absolutely minuscule compared to the outlay and the value of the player so here you go Um, at present there's a financial compensation scheme in place Uh, um, if a player is developed in the english academy system then plays for another nation the compensation package is five thousand pounds per year in development the development years are classified as the seven years between the ages of 17 and 23 so the maximum compensation any one nation would be obliged to pay would be 35,000 pounds how how many are there any high profile cases of this happening no I can't well it probably is I mean there's almost certainly someone uh, I I think you could look Uh, at is Ross Moriarty one was he a Gloucester Academy all the way through? I've got a feeling he's from. I've, I've got a feeling he played at Liverpool St Helens. He Just, might have done. I, I, think I know. Got, I know. I know. He played England age grade rugby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I tell you, the one who went kind of the other way is um, Sam Underhill. I mean, that's no. That was only university. He went there. He was. He was. He was. He was, 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 was it Gloucester? Yeah. No, it was Gloucester. And then he was Gloucester, and he went to university aged nineteen. And uh, Swansea University, so he wasn't. He was with an English academy. He wasn't with a Welsh academy. No, right, okay. Um, I think Max Clark is one who is looking to get poached at the moment, but he's more of a first team player, uh, and he's 
He's got yeah, said he's not interested too. He's Welsh mother, yeah, uh, English father, so he's eligible for either. Yeah, and he said he's not interested until Warren Gatland officially calls him up. Then we'll see uh, how interested he really is. Yeah. <laughs> then, uh, so, oh, uh, uh, there you go. The Welsh Rugby Union appointed Paul Turner to a similar role. Oh, ex-sale coach. I don't like talking about sale, so I won't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's an interesting one to watch, and um, I, I'm. I think probably the all it will be is an adjustment in the amount of money compensation-wise because players are that much more valuable, particularly international players. I kind of get that. I can understand it. You'd be a little bit cheesed off if you were the RFU and you were spending millions and, you know, rightly so, Scotland, Wales, Ireland. But who pays them? A player that's... that's my point. Like, Sorry? Do they want money off Wales, Scotland and Ireland for doing this? I mean, where's the... If, if, the, play, if, the play, if, if they spend seven years academy... If they spend seven years funding a player and developing them and training them and coaching them through an academy system and then they play international rugby for Scotland... They want Scotland yeah. to pay them. <laughs> well, Scotland they is want, just going to say money. no. I mean, that's a pretty straightforward equation, is it not? Yeah, I know. It's it's like... um, I mean, it's it's hard for those those nations to to have sympathy for, for England with the clout that the English are so if I you would, have the amount of money. So I would turn... OK, so here you go. Let's um, heal the world and bring these two problems... Uh, to a direct halt right now. How about you can poach from the English academies, right? And we're not going to make you pay, or we, or they will pay. They will pay in exchange for you giving international player release for players that the <laughs> players that play in the, the Premiership. <laughs> there you go. Everyone's a winner. Although it does sound. Like oh, the, I like it. Although, do the Premiership lose there? Everyone loses. <laughs> premiership lose. Well, no. Premiership needs to get higher compensation, which they Mu- get much higher compensation. Yeah, and then they get yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. happy. All right. So on that Welsh one, so Reese Webb, would you still pick him for the autumn internationals in this Six Nations? Or uh, being I, as I, he... Look, I would do it out of spite now. So I'm the wrong guy to ask. I'd pick him regardless. But he is, he is still the best scrum half in, in Wales. Yeah. Gareth Davis is yeah, very would. good. But yeah, absolutely, I would. Yeah. And I hope he does get picked. He's got to have a lot of caps, though, hasn't he, in this awesome internationals to get qualified? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Reese Priestland in? Not Ooh, so much. I don't, think they w- I don't think they will. Um, no, not Reese Priestland, I don't think. He's playing some good rugby, though. Tell you who I think is playing nice rugby, and it, in the next few weeks, you'll be mentioning his name quite a lot, is uh, Owen Williams at Gloucester. Mm. He played playing, 12 this week, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, I think he's playing very nice rugby. I, I'll tell you who he might be mentioning, potentially, in that Welsh squad is Owen Watkin. Uh, the lad from Scarlets, uh, Ospreys. Yeah, he's, he's he had a year out injured and he's played playing fantastically well and had an abs- had an outstanding game this weekend. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I don't really know much about the boy. I uh, saw him play this weekend, quite quite impressed. Yeah, I I don't see why not. I mean, that's the whole idea of staying at the Ospreys, I guess. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you best be picked. <laughs> there, wa- there was another uh, there was another story uh, involving Wales this week. And that was Gatlin's interview on Monday or Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which was quite interesting. So he spoke about a few things, including uh, his disappointment at Sean O'Brien, mm. uh, speaking the way he did about the coaching team. Um, he also said he's never, never ever going to coach the Lions again. <laughs> okay. Um, and spoke about his ambition to go back to New Zealand not for the All Blacks job necessarily, but yeah, yeah, yeah. to coach Super Rugby, and then we'll see what happens. Hmm. It was that kind of thing. So, get in the right place. They like to promote with it from within. Yep. 
so if you start coaching a super rugby team, there might be an opportunity to get get there. See, it's interesting, isn't it? Because they say they like coaching from uh, promoting from within, but they don't. They do and they don't. And what I mean by that is the guys that are there now have all held jobs overseas, and it feels yep. like Dave Rennie it, and Jamie Joseph are also being primed for that kind of promotion from within, but promotion from without simultaneously. If that makes sense. I just don't think they fancy Gatland. I don't think they like him. And the other thing as well is I think secretly, and there's a few directors of rugby like, like this, I think secretly Gatland's quite a sensitive soul. Uh, look how he reacted with like the clown thing. and the, you know He's always in the press talking. And I wouldn't be surprised if the whole Lions controversy actually did hurt him quite, quite, uh, quite a bit. Oh, I think it did. Definitely. The, maybe he wasn't. Maybe he wasn't cleaning windows the time he broke his ankle. Maybe it was just a failed, um, failed cry him. for help. <laughs> no, <Noted. laughs> don't go down this. <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 um, I think he's he's just waving a little flag without saying, "Pick me next." He's just making all the right noises that that make sure people know that that's what he that's his ambition. Yeah. Um, I think I think he knows if he's if he's in Europe and if he's coaching Wales, he's definitely not. There's not a clean transition from him being in Wales to directly coaching the All Blacks. I think he's just giving himself the best possible opportunity. Mm, yeah, without really expecting that it is going to happen because it could be, like you say, it could be. I don't know, one or half a dozen guys in a few years' time. It could be. Yeah, I mean, there's three, four, five guys who are lining what, up. Yeah, what if Vern Cotter goes back? Yeah, you know, Fern Fern Cotton completing the transition from Radio, Radio One, One. To, uh, radio presenter Fair to play. All Blacks coach. Yeah, I, you know, there's so much. Uh, but yeah, and think about it. Yeah, Wayne Smith even coached abroad, and he coached at Northampton for a, a little while. So yeah, tell you what, whoever gets that job next, it's going to be an almighty scrap to see who actually steps up, steps up to the uh, steps up to the role next. Yeah. Hmm. You talk about you talk about it's 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 good for Welsh players to go and play in other leagues because it occupies other league salary caps and stuff. Well, New Zealand, it's a whole ex. It's probably their biggest export industry is rugby coaches. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. Right up there with lamb. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the idea. Now I I'm gonna get the story wrong, but apparently in the World Cup final, the South African uh, president and the New Zealand prime minister were sitting next to each other. And the bet was uh, from the New Zealand pr- uh, Prime Minister. He said, "I bet you all of our um, all of our lamb for all of your gold. <laughs> 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 we will win this." Um, right, uh, uh, Scotland, Scotland. John Hardy um, looks like he may. Well, he's in trouble. We need to be very careful what we say here. Cocaine, say... mate. <laughs> Cocaine. It was in the papers today. That doesn't mean you can broadcast it as fact. No, it's not fact. Just because it is, it, just because allegedly... just because a newspaper publishes something doesn't mean you can broadcast it. So, in a newspaper, it said that we make no official comment either way on Do that. Do you think until... that we would be the official channel for the for the broadcast <laughs> of the allegations of cocaine use in Edinburgh? Clearly, clearly not. Um, but that is, that that is the accusation, and if it is, that's going to set up a whole whole other chain. Of events which I'm not looking forward to in in any way, shape, or form, and also it's going to bring into focus the question of recreational drugs versus performance enhancers and and all the rest of it, and I don't like it one bit. It's interesting because it, <clears throat> the the newspaper article that I read, and that, that's all I've done is read a newspaper article. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, 
so he's not failed any test, but it has come to light that there have been issues with cocaine. Uh, and so it's almost like a preemptive suspension. I wonder if it's a preemptive suspension for a test which hasn't come out yet. Are they saying there has been no test whatsoever? Uh, he's not failed a test, was what they said. So you could, I guess, you could take that one of either way. Um, I, I, I don't know. Fast, I'm quite so. ignorant on this. But is it one? Of, is that one of the? Is is that one drug that doesn't show up? No, it does show up. So very, very well, or lot only for a short period afterwards, or something like yes, that. Yes, that's right. So a very, very short, short period afterwards. It is classed as a performance enhancer because apparently. It heightens your senses and stuff during a game. Zach Hawdaker, who has been, uh, who has been caught, England's Zach, rugby league fullback. Yeah, yeah. was caught post game, I, I believe, which is, you know, well, it, that is an incredible substance abuse problem. If that's what, if if that's what you're doing with your time. Matt Stevens was post game as well, I believe. Was it? And so I, I'm sure I remember at the time that it, it stays in your system for kind of two days or three days maximum. For it, it might even be less than that for a urine test, yeah. which which is post game. Yeah. So to be, if you're a professional athlete and you're doing it, unless you're actually doing it as a performance enhancer, which I can't believe anyone would be. Nah. Um, I just I simply don't believe that anyone would actually I think do Ed, that. I think Edinburgh have got quite a good opportunity here to do the right thing by John Hardy if they've found it nice, nice and early, and providing he isn't kind of a um, a bit of an idiot anyway, because you know these things do correlate, unsurprisingly. Yeah. Um, you know. Hopefully they can get him back up, back on the straight and narrow, and yeah, and back fit, clean, playing rugby, which is what everyone wants. Yeah, so that's uh, that's where we are with that one. But it's, it's uh, free, f- yeah, go on, Phil. I was just going to say it's interesting that you've got these two what seem to be unrelated stories coming out of Edinburgh. You had Magnus Bradbury a couple of days before oh, yeah. the London Irish game last week falling in and hitting his head and missing it because of a night out, and then John Hardy. So, just they—they are—they're supposed to be completely unrelated. Well, I'll tell you something completely un- unrelated. Yeah, um, we went out on a night out on Thursday, and <laughs> we certainly did. Uh, do you know who we met, Tim? Oh yeah, I saw Mikey Mayhew. May- uh, Mikey Mayhew. So uh, we were at the bar, and I don't really know who. I do know who he is. I know the name. But, you know, I know lots of names in, in rugby. So this this bloke is enormous, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he was out with his cousin, and he is enormous. Like, you boys must play rugby, right? He goes, yeah, yeah, play for Yorkshire. What's your name? Mikey Mayhew. And what? The Great Dane! Because remember, <laughs> we had um, Jeb Sinclair on in, in the early days, <laughs> yeah. giving up the nicknames. Yeah. And uh, he goes, yeah, how do, how do you know that? And then pulls down his lip. He's got uh, GD tattooed on the inside of his lip. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Jeb Sinclair chucked him under a bus, calling him like loose and on the prowl and um, <laughs> always on um, Tinder. Yeah. Well, he was on great form on th- on Thursday evening, and I will just add Thursday evening because his game was today a BNI Cup against uh, against London Scottish, so he was allowed to be out. <laughs> Absolutely, he was. Now, so we were we were. Humble. That's the only word you can oh. think of. We were humbled <sighs> and had. We were so humbled so to be humble. to be nominated in the category of best sports show at the annual Arias, which is the Audio and Radio Industry Awards, and we were nominated alongside uh, Five Live, World, BBC World Service, Talk Sport, some big behemoths of the broadcasting world, and there was little old us. 
And so I remember in, in the week building up to this, when we got the nomination, JB and Phil said to me, because this is, I know that this is like the Oscars for our industry. I've been nominated before, never won, but it's a big deal. And they said to me, is this legit? Like, what, 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 what is this? So <laughs> yeah, anyway, we you, don't really you know. saw at the awards ceremony, it was legit. Well, <laughs> it was legit. Yeah. It, I mean, it, look, it was, it was legit in the sense that there were household names. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like Stephen Every... Nolan, when, uh, Stephen Nolan, who I think is one of the best broadcasters in the UK, you know, by some distance, actually. Um, he won, I think, two, was it? One? He certainly won one. Um, you know, so, yeah, big names. But I'm going to turn for this with, you know, you go in there and the first, I don't know, eight rows are dedicated just to the BBC. And then I've got questions about kind of how they've not... If you'd have caught me on Thursday Thursday night, I had far more to say about this than I, than, than I currently do. Uh, fundamentally, it's absolute rubbish. Um, like, we, lo- we lost to two shows, which were good, well-made shows. Fine. The winner wasn't even a show. It was a radio station. The, the people <laughs> that won it were BBC... Uh, was it Five Live Sports? That that isn't yeah. So, that isn't so, a show. so the bronze the bronze award went to a show on Talksport. Uh, no, a, a show on BBC Wales. Yeah. By the way, that's a ve- uh, I mean, that's a good documentary too. Oh yeah. yeah so that was the, Wales at the World Cup. Yeah. And you're thinking that well, that's got a strong. That must win, right? Second, the the silver award went to a show on Talksport, which is really amazing, called On the Sporting Couch, and it's it's sports people as you never get to hear them sports really people, opening up well, and being really honest. Unless you powerful well, stuff. Yeah, unless you listen to Rugby Dungeon, it's kind of similar. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and the and the and the, and the gold award went to Five Live Sport, which the... is an entire department. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not a show. It's just not a show. So there was that, and um, and, and they had some pretty good content to go from in the last year: the Olympics, oh, the no. European Football Championships, yeah. Wimbledon. Uh, you name it, they had all of that. So um, Formula they, had, they had that from the last year, and we just had us the three. So, no, but I look at it like this: like we we were rubbing shoulders with those with those big boys. I, I think it's great. As soon, as soon as we lost, I left. Um, <laughs> I literally it was about a, a five minute window. It's true, he's not even joking. Yeah, as I I'm, I'm done with this. Uh, and the weird <laughs> the weird thing about it, right, is you end up clapping atrocities. So you know who's going to win because they covered the worst atrocity. So it's like coverage of the Manchester bombing, covering of the London Bridge attacks, covering, and it's just a weird thing to be doing. And it's and it's coverage of the Manchester bombing, and we're all clapping like we shouldn't be clapping. This well, is no, odd. So we in the audience were clapping. The people who won the award <laughs> were high fiving, yes, and hugging each other. It, I, I just that, found it that, that was it was a bit of it was in bad taste. Yes, of. that's it's crass. It was yeah. very, yeah, very they, they would take it. They would, there was, there was, I remember there was the people. So I think it was Best Station. You missed this one. So Best Station uh, went up and it, I think BBC London won it this year. Anyway, so there was all of the, loads of the staff from this station went up. That's the other thing. When you see the winners from these BBC stations, <laughs> yeah. you see the teams of 50 people going up. Yep. It's quite incredible the resources they have. They, they should make amazing stuff. So anyway, the whole team went up. And they were all doing selfies. And you can see on the big screen behind them, there's a camera on them. And you can see everyone behind uh, high-fiving, taking selfies. And this, this Vanessa Feltz was having selfies, t- taking selfies the whole time with a massive grin on her face while her boss was just in front of her in shot talking about how um, talking about the Grenfell fire disaster oh. and their coverage of it. It was it was painful to watch that, that is part. awful. I mean, that 
truly is horrendous, isn't it? Though, I, I, I mean, this is... People are probably wondering now, where's the rugby? Um, it... it you get a prize for right place, wrong time, or something. I don't really, I don't really understand it. But um, you know, if we'd have won, I'd have been full of praise for it. So there you go. What, but <laughs> what, what you, what we can guarantee is that next year, whenever there is an atrocity, a we will be there. A terror attack. We will be covering it, covering it in full. Well, how else will we win, win a bloody Ari, Aria, or whatever it is? <laughs> so, yeah. I, I was, just, I was. Uh, Corny as it sounds, glad to be nominated, and it was all good. And yes. it doesn't, and it wouldn't have mattered where we weren't because we're here, and it, it won't make a difference to whether people come and join us in Madrid on our tier two tour in March. Absolutely. It won't make a difference to whether people listen or share or download. It's, this is this is what it's, this is what it's about right now. Correct. Um, I tell you what else it it's also about Tim. Yeah. Saracens re-signing not one fly half, but two. Yeah, Lazowski's signed an extension until 2020. Makes you wonder whether all the talk of him going to Exeter and Wasps was his agent. Yeah, I mean, and if it was his agent, that agent should be put in put in charge, charge of the Brexit talks. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, a good business by... In fact, brilliant business by Saracens, actually. Yeah, because... So if you've got uh, an England fly half, which Saracens do. Well, yeah. actually, they've got two England fly halves. But if you've got a starting England fly half or centre like Owen Farrell, your backup fly half is going to play a lot of the time. Mm. Uh, not just because of the availability, but also it's important to rest someone like Owen Farrell. Yeah, uh, he has a lot of very high level rugby. So to have someone of the caliber of Lazowski as your backup, when you compare that to the likes of Leicester. Whose backup is Joe Ford to George Ford? The difference between one and two, like the drop off from one to two there, <laughs> compared to the drop off from one to two I at just, Saracens, is it's, it's very, quite quite big. It's very quite, cruel to say this, right? Pronounced. But um, we see it as pronounced. I wonder if, like in Leicester, they treat it in exactly the same way because because it's his brother. Like boys, you're both world class. Don't worry about it. <laughs> You'll get your shot. Um, <laughs> um yeah. So. Saracens have redone the deal of Owen Farrell. They've just signed uh, Liam Williams. That he's probably cheap, actually. Um, they've redone. Have they done Marrow? They've done Jamie George. They've done D- Jamie George, definitely. Uh, I think. I think. I think, I think most of them are tied until after t- uh, 2019. I think anyway. they've done Cruz too. They've, they've done like a, hand, um, a handful of them. The England. I yeah, think, I think pretty much all their England players are, are tw- after 2019. So one of three things is going on here, isn't it? Number one, they're going to have a squad of six, six people. Um, <laughs> number two, six people all on one point one million pounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's that's your salary Num- cap, guys. Number there you go, two, the the, uh, the away days and the team building is so good that yeah. players are quite happy to play for, for really three. poor yeah. wages. Um, or three, which I'm not suggesting, but. There must be a lot of South African farmland being dished out to these lads. <laughs> uh, that's that's not that would be in contravention of the the laws of the salary cap, JB. That they wouldn't would. be able to do that. I mean, they're definitely spending up to the cap. A lot of these lads are academy lads have come through the right way. Blah blah blah. But there is something going on here. It, it does. I mean, if up, if if a player, if you know, why wouldn't Allianz want Mako Vunapola to come and give their High-level insurance executives, some advice. Exactly. Um, for 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 a quarter of a million pounds for a day's work. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, and why wouldn't Marco want, I don't know, five or six wristwatches, for instance? <laughs> you know, um, I just wonder if this is going to end badly. Because anyone with any sense can see they can't re-sign all these boys and sign more and still be within the laws of the game, I would suggest. Well, so a lot of them, not all of those players, but a lot of the young English players have come through their academy. So that's 30k. So they do get they get credits to them for the academy credits and they also get the England eligible player credits. But that doesn't... It, on paper, it doesn't seem to kind of offset what they're spending mm. to How, the talent that they've got. Mm. Um, I'd love I, to think I, that they're all so grown up and so realistic about it that they love being at Saracens. Yeah, They understand that that being part of Saracens is, is what gives them the value rather than them giving Saracens the value, which is I actually do believe that. Yeah. And that if they did leave, it would be detrimental to their whole career. So they might get a little bit more club money, but their England appearances are probably gonna gonna fall. And I'm I'm hoping there's some very sensible chats with agents because if there's not, this is bad. Yeah. And I, I don't think we'll get the the latter situation. What we could get is a, is another spin on the whole thing, which is Saracens are losing millions of pounds a year. Mm. Like genuinely, like millions of pounds every single year Saracens are losing. And that's just, how sustainable is that long term? Well, I was thinking about that this the other day because Sale are in a situation where they need to up their crowd by, I think, a thousand. Always back to Sale. Well, because I kind of understand the, li- that, that's okay. what gives me con- you know, the, uh, the context for what I'm about to say. And, I know they need to increase their crowd by X amount in order to become profitable, right? Yeah. So they're the fourth most profitable, or should I say, they're the third um, least uh, loss making. L- yeah, basically, because only Exeter that, make, yeah. or I think only Exeter made a profit. Um, so then look at Saracens, and they are selling out. I mean, whether these tickets are all give, being given to kids or what, I don't know, but they are selling out. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Saracens project is probably. On a footing which is slightly more sustainable than than we than we think. Like, but if is that is that investment going to turn around sometime soon and start you know and start to pay them back? And I think it might do. You know, but if they're selling out and they're not making money, the only way is to sell out a bigger stadium. Yes, like build a new stadium, or which build apparently new they are allowed to do. Hmm. So and uh, the biggest. Sorry, go I, on, I I I just bearing in mind how how you know as we're led to believe it was. And it has never been officially confirmed, but we're led to the general understanding is that it was Saracens and Bath that were in contravention of salary cap by using creative accounting or whatever it was mm, yeah. uh, in the past. Because uh, now, the, I just can't imagine it would have been any other scenario than people would have said to them, "Right, we're not going to. This isn't going to go to to legal proceedings. There's no, not going to be any relegations or docked points or anything like that." But this cannot happen again. Yeah. So I just, I, 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 it is hard to understand how they can get all this talent under one salary cap. But I just, I can't, I can't believe that they would, it wouldn't be all above board now. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Tim. I, yeah, I, yeah, but, I, I am as well. I think if they, but it just doesn't. But logic it just doesn't. It's hard to compute it, isn't it? Yeah, and. Yes, I'm with you on both accounts. I mean, if it turns out they've done something wrong after they've already been given that lifeline, 
yeah. I think they're in serious, serious trouble. But uh, then, but then I say serious. It depends if there's the will by the others to punish them, and maybe there's not. Oh, I would have thought there would be if everyone else is in line. Yeah, uh, and, and Saracens have been hoovering up European trophies and premierships, then the, the others will want. Uh, it some, would be it would be the equivalent measure. of systematic performance enhancing drugs um, over over a long period so of time. That, it would be. Don't actually equate it with that because I think performance enhancers have got such a negative connotation. But I would seriously look at rescinding some of the titles. Yeah, which is what would happen if if you look at individuals like uh, yeah, Tour de France winners, hundred mm. meter winners, that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I think there should be. Yeah, so we will we will wait and we'll wait and see. And I hope it is the product of sensible discussions with agents. Yes, I just don't think it is. Um, something, something that definitely wasn't sensible was Scott Baldwin. Um, did you see the pictures <laughs> with the lion? Obviously, but he he made his comeback from play as a as a replacement in that Ospreys I saw match. It. Did you yeah. did you see the pictures on online? Yes. Ugh. Oh, they should they should have not safe for work. On top of that, that was disgusting. Yeah. yeah. Amazing how much how much damage a lion can do, isn't it? <laughs> just a little, isn't it? Just a little lion. Just... Scott Baldwin. Scott Baldwin is the reason why we have. This coffee may be hot on the side of cups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Scott Baldwin. Uh, that's a great one. Scott Baldwin signs. Take a si- take a picture of a sign which is clearly dangerous. For instance, Scott Baldwin is yeah, the reason. Yeah, that's re- a great shout. Yeah. So Scott Baldwin is the reason that we have signs around electricity cables on train stations saying maybe dangerous. You yes. Know, pe- or, or yeah, do not climb on barbed wire. <laughs> this is for Scott we need Baldwin. A ca- we need a catchy name for this. Um, I don't know. What what's, what would be this? Uh, signs for yeah, Baldwin? Yeah. Uh, S- I, Scott signs. I think Scott Baldwin signs. Scott Baldwin signs. Scott Baldwin signs. Yeah. We could do. We could actually do this as a stash tag at the end of the show. Oh, yes. amazing! So we are. We are. Yeah. Yes. So this is how the sausage is made. <laughs> no, let's start this. Like you, you know how. Um, prize-winning marrow started on the podcast and then went bigger, and people started using that. it in everyday parlance. You know how uh, this Gloucester's year? You yeah. know we started that on the I podcast. I think that was, or is it uh, Blood and Mud started that. <laughs> no, oh, are you joking? He's, pretty sure they did. He's definitely joking. Pretty sure they did. Oh my god, I'm so angry because uh, it, it, it got pointed out. I got out one. To I got one. By... I got one. I got one. Phil, I got him. <laughs> it, got, it, got, it got pointed out to me by a listener. They they just said I, why is it why is why is there another podcast talking about whether or not this year is Gloucester's to be, year? I don't. To be I fair, thought that was you. I actually thought I actually thought that was just fairly a fairly common joke. To be fair, <laughs> everyone knows. I thought everyone said that. <laughs> thought that was the joke was it's never Gloucester's year. But no, but this is this is exactly my point. So what we do becomes even even things that we start, we get confused about where they started. That's how great we because are, it, I guess. because because they become so <laughs> reach so far and wide. So so let's. So I think Scott, I think Scott Baldwin signs Scott Baldwin will be signs. something which will be far bigger than us. Yeah, the, like the most obvious things that you can find. Yeah. yeah. Do not swim with sharks, that kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so th- there you go. There's a challenge because you'll see these in your everyday life. Keep an eye out for Scott Baldwin signs and tweet at Rugby Podcast, or just use the hashtag Scott Baldwin signs. And I'll send you a tie if you win. Yeah, we'll pick a tie for next week. Mm. Um, here's an advert. 
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay, that's your advert done. Um, <laughs> before we move on to the... Um, before we move on to the fixtures for next week, I need to talk about another game. Now, oh, there's, please. there's a couple we've not mentioned, yeah. but go on. But this one, we, I really need to talk about. So, this this week, sale travel... No, uh, Tigers... <laughs> <laughs> Tigers played cast, uh, and I've got to say, the rugby was mesmerising. Uh, I, I can't believe we haven't spoke about this earlier in the show. Yeah. It was the best performance by a Leicester team, and I don't know if the cast team were really that bad. I suspect Leicester were really that good, to be fair. Um it was the best 40 minutes of rugby I think I've seen since the last best 40 minutes of rugby that I'd seen that day. <laughs> That's how good it was. The offloads. Oh, my word. Uh, well, who is the flanker, the six? I can't say his name, but... Um, uh, Map- Mapalangi. Mapalangi. Oh. That offload. Oh. Utter filth. What was it? How do you do you, it? You will, you, will find that on por- you will find that on Pornhub oh, later. It's just, it was just amazing. Um what uh, the offloading game? Uh, the Tamua Ford Axis looks dynamite. Yeah. All of a sudden. Well, it's been building slowly, so every week it's got a little yeah. bit better. They are two world-class players. Yeah. It, it's taken a little bit of time, but they're really starting to gel and gel in a way that they are getting the best on, of the boys outside them. Johnny May, jo- another. Johnny May. Did he get three tries? Uh, good question. No, Vianu got three. David Smith got three. I'm sure he got he Malouf got, got one. Johnny May got two. Yeah. So I, I remember at Gloucester, and I yeah. said I said it then. I'll say it again. He's consistently world class. <laughs> um, you've, you've been saying this for years, <laughs> KV. Years. Consistently world class. Uh, I there was some stat that came, uh, came out about um, the amount of tries he's scoring uh, since since his debut, and he's on on some ridiculous ridiculous record. Check out. I think it's Sam Farmer, the statistician for Leicester. So. I think he might have the best start of any Leicester player ever yeah. in terms of try scoring rate, consistent try scoring. I think there's rate. a Russian prince who did pretty well at, like <laughs> uh, in 1930s, uh, and that's actually a serious comment. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm right in saying that. Uh, they were amazing, and it was the fluidity of the game, and they were stretching it from side to side. And I think because they put so much width on the ball, hitting the extremities, it softened up, softened up the, the cast middle, so they could actually get big runners 
on, onto the ball as well, break the gain line. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And the uh, re- go on, yeah, sorry. It, 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 it was fantastic. Um, they will have much tougher tests. Well, do you know, one of the reasons I think that it was more about them rather than about cast was because of the offloading game. I mean, when you're offloading, that, that, that's you being good. It wasn't them just breaking tackles with, like willy-nilly, although they did do that as well. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I think they will um, see str- stronger tests. But based on that level of performance, I, they've got nothing to worry about. Right, so other performances that are worthy of being highlighted, uh, Leinster yes. taking apart Glasgow was, that was impressive. That mm. really was impressive. Very impressive. Uh, another five-point win as well, which is very, very important. They are going to have a fight for the ages with Exeter. Yeah. So the, the Exeter will be the back-to-back series in December, won't it? Uh, we should go to one of them. Oh. And we looked at we looked at this pool as being one where we're like, well, one team's only one team's coming out of that. But now with Exeter and Leinster winning on the road, yeah, po- you, there's potential for one of those to be a runners-up side now. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, they are oh, they are going to collide in December. I can't wait for that. Is yeah. it 15th and the weekend before or the weekend after? I think it's the weekend before. I wouldn't mind go- going to that game. I yeah. really would not mind going to that game. Surprise, surprise packages. Surprise packages of the tournament so far. Bath. Two wins from two yep. in their pool. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, and La Rochelle. Oh, don't talk to me about this. Bloody hell. They play with some Absolutely ferocity, don't they? deconstructed Ulster. Yeah. It was that. So the first half, Ulster were kind of, well, they were very much, very much still in it at halftime. 13-10 it was. Um, and so they were still in it, but I kind of thought this is, it's just going to, the floodgates are going to open just because so there were so many big powerful well-drilled well-disciplined carriers in that La Rochelle team mm. that you could see they were grinding Ulster down and down and down and you could see we we couldn't keep up that level of performance in the first half no. indefinitely we didn't have the strength and depth to come off the, the bench we didn't have the, the big forwards to stop them any longer and when the floodgates opened La Rochelle were magnificent. I feel sorry for Ulster because they are actually a good team and they've got a talented 15, but there just isn't quite enough there, is it? There's not quite the big enough ball carrier or quite the strength in depth. Well, they've, 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 or there's not there's not the fit ball carrier. Yeah. So, Kurtzia is... We speak every week about this guy not playing. So Yeah, I know. He's, he's out for another nine months because his knee... Amazing. He's played maybe 10 games in mm. two seasons um, and he's on a lot of money. Yeah. So only another 30 odd weeks of talking about because he's not playing then. Yeah. Now every team, now every, Phil, I'll tell you what, a little, a little something for you to do um, if you haven't done it already. Now every team's played a home and away game in the Champions Cup. How's it looking the the Prem Pro 14 Avicii? Uh, uh, sorry, Prem Pro 14 Top 14. So my laptop has died, so I can't. I can't tell you. I've what, got, a pro- what a professional! I've got the spreadsheet, but uh, I've not. Because I've, I've been away this weekend, I've not had time to charge it. Mm. Uh, oh, that's all right. It's a, it's a bad excuse. It's a JB-esque excuse, actually. Uh, you say uh, it, is I, it a user error? Uh, user error? I think it might be a user error. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, wasps? Is that was that a bounce back? Yeah, and now I want to talk about wasps, but only briefly because I didn't see the game, so I can't 
actually tell you what, you know what happened. But I do get a feeling that um, they I are, don't get a feeling. Well, I got it from last week that they're slowly starting to uh, to adjust to their post Danny Cipriani life. I don't know what it tells me about um, what it tells me about Harlequins though. I think it tells you that they're quite quinzy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. They could be mesmeric and abject. Yeah. Yes. Who they're in the Oh, hang on. So I kind of thought Ulster were done, but they're not, are they? Because they've got these two teams in their pool. They can beat Harlequins back to back. I would, I would say. Yeah, yeah. To win your home games, mm. win your home games. Ideally, they would have got a point from uh, the La Rochelle trip, but La Rochelle are. It turns out a very, very good team, mm. and not. Not as not as French as I was expecting, as in they're actually so they've got some exquisite talent, but they are more than the sum of their parts. Yes, it, a few people on Twitter actually co- compared them to the Exeter Chiefs. Really, in that the way that their forwards operate, the the drilling of their forwards, and the fact that they are, I mean, if you're getting the best out of someone like Ryan Lamb, um, then you're doing very well. Yeah. So maybe Ryan Lamb can go. Maybe Ryan Lamb could be the long-term replacement for um, Steenson. <laughs> that's what you're talking. That's, that's that's where this is going. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't exactly where I was thinking, but uh, do you know what? For me, that's what that Lazowski re-signing with Saracens says to me. As an Ulsterman, Philip, I don't think you're going to get that fairy tale couple of years from Steenson. No, mm. I don't think so. No, it's Which would have been lovely, but yeah, there you go. I wasn't really expecting it, but. It would have no. been nice if kind of a couple of years ago could have had Steenson and Witten return from the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, happens. Um uh, <laughs> right, so so what what I just I just want to very quickly give a little bit of praise to an individual who very, very Me? rarely gets praise. I want to praise Dylan Hartley for the professionalism and he and and restraint he showed when given a yellow card. He jogged off, didn't swear, didn't appeal. He 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 took his medicine that Ben Whitehouse dished out mm-hmm. brilliantly. I because, guess because I would have been raging if I was a Northampton fan. Oh, I thought you were going to say because practice makes perfect. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe there's that. <laughs> um, maybe there's that. I, I don't. I didn't see the game. You'd have to tell me about the incident. Uh, are you uh, are you outraged about the incident, Tim? Um, well, uh, on on both sides, not just. So, uh, there was two incidents involving Dylan Hartley and Slimani, the tight head mm-hmm. for Clermont. And Dylan Hartley cleaned out a ruck. How how people clean out a ruck. The, the one thing that has bothered me a little bit is this, the description of incidents as it, very much in the football parlance, the way that footballers... Start when you say you can't raise. You know that football phrase that people say. Can't raise you your hands. Can't raise your hand. Hate it. Which basically means if you put your hand up and it makes any, even the minutest of touches on a player's face, and they dive down, you say, <laughs> "Well, you can't raise your hands." Do you know what I can't. love? This is. I think this would be hilarious. Every time that there's some sort of scuffle, right? Uh, football or rugby, right? This would be my coaching point. You immediately sit down on your hands. <laughs> <laughs> You just immediately say, yeah, that that would be brilliant. And uh, I think people would be so disgusted by the actual spectacle of prof- of grown men sitting on their hands to avoid cards. <laughs> we would we would soon see a stop. Yeah, so uh, anyway, uh, 
the one thing that concerns me about rugby at the minute is now there seems to be um, yellow cards, red cards dished out for incidental contact, which is unavoidable. And that was the case with Dylan Hartley today. So he went, he went to clean out a ruck and there was incidental contact with Slimani and he got a yellow card for it. But in contrast, in the second half, and I think Ben Whitehouse had a shocking two decisions on this, on mm-hmm. both sides, he gave Slimani a yellow card for a ruck where Slimani tried to clean out Hartley, although he did this in a very premeditated fashion, not in one of those accidental um, connections with the head. This was a short arm, shoulder, aiming at the head. It was a red card all day long. And um, he gave a yellow card for both. I felt very sorry for Dylan Hartley, and I I, just, I, I would have been frustrated if I was a Northampton fan on both decisions. Hmm. Yeah, I, well, and also disappointed at the result as well, because I think that is Northampton done now. Probably. Yep. Yeah. Um, there is one other incident from this game. Is there? And that's the Morgan Parra incident. What happened to little Morgan? Uh, he got knocked out. Oh, yes, I heard. And the, the new rules are... If you're unconscious, there isn't even a HIA. You're not coming back on. Mm-hmm. That's it. Uh, ref said he was unconscious. He was unconscious. And then he came back on. Uh, which is not good from the referee, who you've already mentioned in this game, Tim. And it's not good from Clermont. Because hmm. there's plenty of parties that could have stopped that happening. Uh, and no one seemed to. And th- this is actually the thing that I'm I'm much more worried about in rugby is that there, there are rules and regulations put in place to protect the players in this kind of situation. Th- this situation should never happen again and it seems to repeatedly it happen. It is remarkable, isn't it, how many times... The number of times... It does happen. ...that this kind of error... And this, this is just... It, it's an to, error that yeah. should not happen. Important aside, like... Should this rule exist? Should it not exist? And all the rest of it. It's quite easy to do. I mean, there's TV cameras everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It is. Well, everyone. There's tens of thousands of people watching that game yeah. at home who know he should not be coming back onto the pitch. And yet, somehow, he ends up back on the pitch. Mm. Uh, yeah, actually, I did see some th- things on Twitter from um, Alex Shaw. He, he mentioned that uh, there were. Scott Speddings played 10. Oh, because of the Camille Lopez injury. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's horrible as well. God, yeah, fuck. What, oh, yeah, that's that's another not safe for work. Don't watch unless you. What Scott Scott Spedding was that bad? <laughs> <laughs> Can, France are not gonna. Uh, need to find another fly off for the autumn international. Why? What happened to him? Keep, keep he's it... gonna be out for five months. Double fracture of the leg. Oh, oh. tib and fib. Uh. Not entirely sure. Horrible, absolutely horrible. Um, and, um, the, and, one... and the other thing, just to get, I, I agree with Phil. It's it's ridiculous. And, and that Ben Whitehouse, and I hate singling out referees. And I, I I will praise as other referees as much. So I'm not trying to pick on Ben Whitehouse. But I'm just saying he had an absolutely horrible day at the office. He made those two really bad decisions on the cards. One definite red. One nothing. Uh, and he gave him both yellows. Mm. He. As, as Phil said, he un, unforgivably oversaw, although there's other parties that should have known better as well, let Morgan Power back on the field. And um, and he also disallowed a perfectly good Northampton try. Like even he, This is one of those situations where it even went to the TMO and they called a deliberate knock-on 
for a Northampton player knocking the ball backwards, like quite clearly Ooh. backwards. Nick. Just un- incredible. Yeah, the the commentary team watching it, you just couldn't. They were all like, I cannot believe that decision has been made. But unfortunately, we said that quite a lot of times about that particular referee on that particular day. So he will, um, yeah. There'll be, there'll yeah. be, yeah. <laughs> but but I, I don't want to pick on because because it's a tough job and, it is, um, it and is you, you have good job. days and bad days as players do. So yes, definitely. Um, and he will get better. Right. Let's do next week's games and let's go home. Yeah. Okay. Since we've been in for quite some time, let's jump straight into the Premiership games. Yeah. Uh, does that mean that we're not doing the Pro 14 games? Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, do you know what? Okay. Just yeah. We're not doing I'm, them because... I'm joking, Pro 12 fans. I'm because joking. Ulster are hosting Leinster. Oh, so let's not, let's not even go there. No. Right. Premiership. Friday night, 7.45. I'll be at this game. JB's. I'll be there as well. Oh, look at that. Do you, do you want to make it three? Where am I on Friday night? I'm at a wedding in Liverpool. Oh, sorry, guys. Oh, breaks my heart. Go on. Uh, at the AJ Bell, come down and see JB and Tim. Sale host Exeter Chiefs. Exeter, who have just had a magnificent win on the road. Yeah. It'll be close. Do you and think? Sale have, re- Sale have rested up all their first team. So for that reason, I think they'll no, be in better shape. I think Sale could spring a surprise, but Exeter will win by six. Sale didn't didn't, didn't rest all, all all their first teamers. Did they rest? They rested up? some. They rested some key players. Uh, Johnny Ross has got a a dead leg. Uh, Sam Moore is an eighteen year old who started. Who's good? I know they, they were pretty much at full strength. Barry McGuigan might be back in the side. So that's about it, really. Okay. At the AJ Bell, Sale will do all right, but they'll they'll lose narrowly. Right. I think I think Sale are going to lose this by twenty four points. Twenty four. Yeah. Okay. Uh, give me extra. Have had a tough week, like you say, Tim. Uh, but I think they will win by. They'll be bouncing seven points. Extra. Imagine them tra- training. The, um, yeah. This week they are their confidence is going to be sky high. Yep. Give me extra. Then. Yeah, and then they've got to go to the then they've got to go to the AJ Bell Stadium. They've just been in that cauldron <laughs> in Montpellier. Then they've got to go to the AJ Bell. Mate, the the corporate of the AJ Bell is bouncing. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll have you know. <laughs> uh, then Saturday, so the three o'clock kickoffs. We've got Saracen hosting London Irish. Uh, Saracens by 20, oh. 20 points. Um, yeah, pick Saracens players for your fancy rugby draft team this week. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, we have got Northampton hosting Wasps. Which might be quite interesting. That is, that's yeah. a very evenly matched game. Northampton for me. Northampton by five. Uh, Northampton by not a lot. Yeah, Northampton by seven, I'm going to say. Um, then Harlequins at home against Worcester Warriors. Oh. Quins to be very Quinsy and look outstanding at home. Yes. yes. Uh, Quins by 40 or Worcester by 12. <laughs> I, I can't see Worcester winning this. Not against Quinns. Not, oh, I not absolutely can. Um, now I haven't even looked at the teams in the Challenge Cup. I wonder if teams have been, um, like Worcester, have been resting up and just focusing on this oh, match. Sorry, I'm not going to let us go through this um, podcast without a Krasny R update. Oh yeah, they got got pumped by Edinburgh, hammered uh, hammered by seventy points. Oh uh, right, in Edinburgh. 
Uh, no, in Moscow, I believe it was. Well, that's their own fault. Yeah, they, they, they need to be playing in Siberia. Yeah, all the time. Play as far east oh. as they possibly can. Tell you what, um, I did I tell you that I actually met um, AJ McGinty a few weeks ago. Mm, I spoke yeah. to him for, for the first time. Okay. No. Right. Well, and you might have mentioned it. And he played. The reason I mention this is he played in the game for Connacht against oh the minus NSI. 25 yes the coldest game probably on record um and at the time like they they like the press literally couldn't use iPhones it was too cold for iPhones to work <laughs> uh wow so i'm going to actually get an interview with him about just really about that whole that whole game sounds how, amazing how the hell did they get there yeah. it was like 36 hours of non-stop traveling wasn't it yeah uh maybe a bit longer than that so. anyway uh so who was Worcester playing? Quinns. Quinns will give me Quinns. Quinn. Yeah, give me Quinns yeah. by twelve points. Then yeah. two two games on Sunday. Uh, okay, so I think I've picked the game of the week. So Bath at the Wreck host Gloucester, which oh that's a that's mm. a, that is a tasty game. I think it's going to be Gloucester. You know, one see. of the few big rivalries still. It it is a big rivalry. It will be a tasty game. I just think Gloucester's away form. Bath, they're missing a few players, but they're doing they're some pretty good smart though, aren't they? Yeah, they. Todd Blackadder knows how to use the limited resources at his disposal at the moment. I think Bath are going to win that. Yep. Uh, Bath are starting no, sorry, to get their Gloucester. players coming know. back as well. Um, I don't agree. I think Gloucester will win. Gloucester. Yeah. On the road. Yeah. Well, down the lane. <laughs> it should be fine for them. They'll be so up for this one, Gloucester, and they will be. Yeah, I think Bath will win narrowly, but it's going to be tight. I don't think they'll. I could quite see that being one of those 15 12 type matches. Depends hmm. on the conditions. If it's, if yeah, it's, if it's yeah, poor it does. conditions, Bath will. Bath have got the perfect tactic to use in, in poor conditions that they did against Scarlets. Yeah, yeah. And there's not. You know, both at halfbacks are very carry Actually, operators. You yeah. could see you could see that being twelve nine, or you could see it being fifty four yeah. forty two. Yeah, I, yeah, you're absolutely right. Condition dependent. I tell you what, if it's dry, give me Willie Hines uh, and Billy Bur- and Billy Burns. Yeah, yeah Billy, Burns. Billy Burns over Confuzulihi and Reese Priestland. Priestland. Yeah, uh, but also Freddie Burns is eligible again. Is he fit again? Yeah. Yeah, so it might, it might have some burn. Well, on. It comes out of his suspension period. Ah, of course, his, his tip tackle. Yeah, but burn on burn crime. Yeah. So let's look out for that one. Oh, yeah. Which means that the final game, our game of the week. Hang on, hang on. Wait there. Wait there. Who haven't we mentioned? It's oh, a, yeah. The, it's oh, all right, yeah. Tim, there's music playing. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, win, uh, win money with Leo Vegas. Right, okay. <laughs> Let's um, <laughs> so our sponsor, a betting company that loves rugby almost as much as we do, um, go to Leo Vegas and you can place a bet on our game of the week, which is so Newcastle Falcons, who are riding high in fourth place, host the high scoring, free flowing, fantastic rugby team that has emerged somehow out of Leicester Tigers. Yes. And the team that have uh, the the Leo Vegas sponsored Leicester Tigers exactly Le- yes uh, all comes around full circle. Um, I tell you what, Leicester on a plastic pitch, judging by how they played on the weekend, yeah, I, I'm into this. 
big time. This will, I think this would be a great game. Uh, and uh, you know, Newcastle can uh, can attack pretty nicely as well. They can play. They, they won four out of six games this season. Newcastle and, and they, they they've come away from Bordeaux with a win. Yeah, which is pretty good. Very impressive. <laughs> Very good. So, okay. Hmm. Newcastle I... are going to win this one. Do you reckon? Yeah, I do. Ooh. I think. Judging I think by their pack. Uh, I don't. Uh, okay. So yeah, their pack is nice. Is nice enough. Nice and athletic. I think when Leicester can put width on the ball, they can get over the game line use, using their pack. Um, I think this is going to come down to talent because they are sort of playing in similar ways now. And I think Leicester are better at it than Newcastle are. I think their pack man for man is slightly more talented. I think they're slightly bigger runners. And I think that Tamua and Ford continuing to improve is going to give them the upper hand because opposite them they've got Hodgson probably and Matavesi. Uh, I just... I can't see Newcastle do, uh, do doing them. Where they do have a slight advantage, I would say, Newcastle is out wide. But there again, Johnny May might be the best winger in the league. Yeah. And Tulsavion is pretty good. Yeah, and Maloof, they are getting the best out of Maloof. Yes, they are. Uh, so, I, so I actually think Newcastle's advantage is the uh, cohesiveness of their pack. Yeah. As in their, yep. their pack has operated as a unit. That Newcastle pack is well, very well drilled and very experienced as a unit. I tell you what we might see a bit of, you know, is Newcastle stealing a lot more ball than uh, than Leicester because they just know how to, how to play the conditions on the uh, uh, on on the plastic pitch and how to get the best out of it. And I think what you see on the plastic pitches is uh, teams able or teams try to turn the ball over more at the breakdown because of course you don't have as much stuff bouncing off your hands because it's never wet or not as wet and muddy. Mm. So that could be that that could be a slight difference, but I would say Leicester by. Two scores, Leicester by twelve. Tim, I think, yeah, I, th- I think Newcastle are going to win by six points. Toby Flood to mm. score the winning kicks. Mm. I think they've got Mamoz and Flood back now. Mm. Uh, that to me isn't an advantage because they've not played together. If they play Mamoz and Flood together, they are basically where. Leicester or eight weeks ago. True. Well, yeah. Mamoz will be 13, you would think. Yeah. With Matavesi or Cicino as 12. But uh, I just... Uh, I'm f- we're all full of admiration for what Newcastle are doing. I, yeah, I just... I'm I'm looking forward to this game. You picked a great game of the week there, Phil. Mm. Well done, Phil. Thanks, I guess guys. this game is almost all about you. <laughs> as for um, as for Pro 14, yes. Just very briefly, the fixtures: Friday night, Connacht, Munster. Uh, ooh, Go Munster. On, Phil, you pick the you pick your scores on this. Munster, Munster, Munster. We'll do an accumu- a, a, a Pro 14 accumulator. So Friday night, we're going for Munster at, at Connacht, Glasgow to beat Southern Kings at home. Yep, yep. Ospreys to beat Dragons at home. Yeah, no, no, no. I was Dra- going to say no. Dragons I- to win. Big Gav. Yeah, go on then. Dragons to win. Uh, ben- mm. Benetton, Edinburgh. At? In, in Italy. In Italy. Go, Benetton. There you go. I've done it. Benetton. Come on, okay. Benetton. I might even watch this. Z- <laughs> Zebra Cheetahs. 
if Benetton wins win that game, I'm going to buy a Benetton shirt. Okay. That's... A right. match weight Benetton shirt. Zebra cheaters. Uh, hmm. Cheaters. 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 Yeah. Cheaters. Uh, Ulster, Leinster. Let's not mention that one, Phil. Ugh, I've got what, a feeling. What do you think? you got a bad feeling about that. I've not got a good feeling about this. After Leinster did what they did to Glasgow. Uh, You're not looking forward to... I've got a lot of good things to say about Glasgow, but Leinster looked very, very good. Yeah. Um, Ulster's attacking pattern. Is it Ruck, Ruck? Ground uh, yards gained by Piatel, ruck, ruck, ruck. <laughs> yards uh, ground bit made by Piatel again. That's basically it, isn't it? It's basically hoping for some magic. Um, normally between Stockdale and Piatel. How do you replace him? <sighs> how many players in the world uh, could you replace him with? And how many play- of those players are potentially available at any point prior to the next World Cup? Pass on that, mate. I'd say, I'd say there's no one available. So, in other words, you're saying he is, in his position, he is the most valuable player in domestic rugby. Well, um, I think what Bristol are paying him actually bears that out. Now, I've I've considered considered this more. He is worth the Bristol money. He's just not worth it to Bristol. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, I would go with that. Yeah, I I agree. And the final game... Oh, sorry, go on. No, I, I was just going to reiterate that point. There is no one who will be available prior to the 2019 World Cup. What, who, Willie LaRue? Who can do <laughs> Who can do what he can do. <laughs> so, so are you talking about... In, so are we saying then in any position, he is, in domestic rugby terms, the most valuable player? The one that... Maybe kind of, in, the, in home, home nations, yeah. The one that would possibly push him close would be someone like Cruden. Yeah. Who is so world class fly half? It's a very expensive and very difficult position to get people in. Just look at Ulster's problems in that specific position. Um, and for the right money, I think Aaron Cruden could be available prior to the World Cup. But mm. there are very, very few. Mm. Uh, who's the only one? That point. Might, um, who's a South African lad that you could probably pick up? Uh, Goosen just need to offer him the right amount of money, and he'll go <laughs> anywhere. Mate. Well. The problem is you need to offer him the right amount of money and then you need to pay a million euros to Racing Metro or yeah, Racing 92. Yeah, but what I'm trying to say, mate, is his morals are weak, so you, you can get him. You, you just you could get him if you're willing to also pay him a million euros and give Racing Metro a million uh, By the way, where is he now? Has he made the he's, move? He's managing a farm in... Uh, he's commercial manager of a farm in South Africa. That's what Owen Farrell will be doing after he uh, hangs, <laughs> hangs, hangs up his boots. <laughs> 100,000 acres of South African how, farmland. How did you get all this land, Owen? <laughs> um... <laughs> Banter. And uh, final, final game is Scarlets v Blues. So just one point on the Saturday. I, I, I do like the way the Pro 14 have staggered their games. There's a 2 o'clock kickoff, a 5 o'clock kickoff, a 6.30 and a 7.35 kickoff. Perfect. Well done, Pro 12. L- love that. Well, they're, yeah. not, they're not quite staggered right because the Zebra cheater game, Zebra? Uh, no, no, no. Yeah. Hang on, hang on. Is it Zebra? Well, we, we, we do. Zebra is wrong. Zebra is right. Zebra. Zebra is right. People get very upset about this. <laughs> they do. Uh, on behalf of Zebra fans, I imagine. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that game won't be finished before the Ulster Leinster game kicks off, and that game won't be finished. It'll only just be half time when the Scarlet Cardiff game kicks off. Mm. They need to do it like the European Champions right. Cup, 
where yes. it's like every two hours, 15 minutes, a, a rugby game kicks off. Amazing, isn't it? I so love you, You've just got so time to like make a brew and mm. do a couple of little odd jobs around the house before the next game kicks off. Uh, right. Do you know what? Uh, uh, yeah, the one final thing is a quick reminder to people to go to our Facebook page yeah. and to get involved in our Tier 2 tour, which is going to Madrid on the weekend of the 10th and 11th of March. Um, J- JB, Phil, we have had people asking what part of town should they book their accommodation for? Is it, do you have, have you done enough research, reconnaissance work to uh, know? Yeah, the, the answer is just get to Madrid and book somewhere rel- relatively central because we're going to be ranging far and wide. Uh, the game's going to be held at the university ground, so that's out, so that's out of town. And we might have a game on, on the Friday. And if we have a game on the Friday, again, that's just more travelling. So there isn't one central place for everyone to stay. Just get there um, and then you can go to the ve- the various events. So we w- what about what about the Saturday where we're watching Six Nations matches? We can do a bit of research there on where yeah, we might as be. As I understand it, provisionally, we are watching it in a pub called O'Neill's. Provisionally, <laughs> which is um, in- incredibly Spanish. I, I think, yeah, yeah. Um, Spanish Heritage Pub. Yeah, good tapas. <laughs> yeah, so that 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 that'll be that'll be exciting. Um, still yet to confirm the venue for the live show because we are unsure of the numbers. Uh, of and where is this? And where where does Spain play their national game on the Sunday? Uh, at the University Stadium. So okay, cool. And now I'm waiting for word back what kind of hospitality will be put on there, uh, so we can buy it. Oh, that Romania outdid themselves there. Although, uh, yeah, so we were able to get. Uh, pay ever such a small amount more and it was really a tiny amount it's, what was it tw- was it 20 quid or 25 quid yeah i can't remember for, about that for, the for VIP. food and drink and tickets to the match we we drank the place dry yeah we, yeah, we actually they which had, by the way in an eastern Bloc country is hard work <laughs> that's good that was good effort that that's how good this weekend on the egg chasers tour is one, just, we were able to go behind the iron, the old former Iron Curtain, and drink them out of alcohol. Yeah, just one thing about the the food in that uh, the VIP marquee. Uh, did either of you eat the soured creamed eels? Mm, did I? <laughs> it was <laughs> one of the worst things I've ever eaten, and I've eaten <laughs> uh, a various in- initiation events. I've eaten raw tripe and cat food. Mm. And it was much worse than either of those two things. <laughs> so, I, um, I tell you what, the uh, Romanian deb- debutants when they ca- when they when they came off to do their initiation were very relieved that you'd got got, got to it first. <laughs> um, so yeah. So yeah, details on our Facebook page. It's the weekend of the tenth and eleventh of March that we're we're having a bit of a um, an, an amateur game before some beers on the Friday. You, we'll be watching the you six say, nations. Yeah, you say amateur game, mate. I am assembling one of the most talented amateur teams <laughs> to ever play the game to make me look good. Well, <laughs> I, I was thinking about this. I'm, I'm thinking about maybe ways that we can... Uh, I don't know, possibly because we know that there's several rugby clubs that are coming kind of with a bunch of players. Mm. We could it, almost... It would it would be nice for... for I don't know. We'll have to work on this on exactly how we do it. Well, but I'm, just, to, I'm just getting very, re- various to find, game tape, to, aren't I? To sort of... Uh, to, to, to symbolically represent the diversity in the different areas that people are coming from in some way in our egg chase no, sensational 15. No, they're either good enough or they're not. And uh, <laughs> that, that'll, that, that'll be it. Um, you know, there's a version of the JB Cup up for grabs here. So uh, I only <laughs> want the best possible players. And I'll be ruthless. I'll be like Eddie Jones. Um, All right. Well, so, so 
go to our Facebook page, but it's the weekend, 10th, 11th of March. There'll be uh, a game or watching a game and beers on the Friday. They'll be watching Six Nations all day Saturday in central Madrid and uh, lots of letting the boys play. And then on the Sunday... Now, some people have raised the point that the Wales-Italy game is on the Sunday. I don't know where how that works with the Spain-Germany yeah, um, match it's a bit annoying. and a live podcast. It's a bit annoying that, but um, yeah, our podcast will be before that game. Well, because Spain's two hours ahead. Oh, and also we're getting... Oh, sorry, I do know the answer to this. We're also getting it recorded. Oh, are we? Yeah, yeah. By O'Neill's. Uh, by a pub, which is probably going to be uh, the Spanish tapas bar O'Neill's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, what recorded the podcast or the no no the um, Wales game the Wales game so we can watch it afterwards. Well, well, so anyway, we're, we're taking care of all of it. Just book your flights because at the moment you can get them dirt cheap from all over the UK. Even if you're not sure exactly where you're going to stay, we can provide a little bit more information and help on that. Get the flights booked. Tim can uh, contact Cocker directly for help <laughs> on where to stay at Cocker. <laughs> at si- uh, as little as sixty quid uh, return. Yeah. You can get some flights from across the yeah. UK. Weekend of the 10th, 11th of March, and uh, it will be absol- It will be an absolute hoot. Yeah, let me just stress, please do go on the Facebook group because it gives me an idea of numbers. That's that, 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 that's why, why we set it up. Um, can I bring this to a close now, gents? Final, yeah. th- final thing. Yeah. Hashtag Scott Baldwin what... signs and the, the most obvious dangerous signs there are. Yes. And if anyone works would... in like a nuclear power plant or you know, with military <laughs> equipment, that would be brilliant for Scott Baldwin's yeah, signs. Yeah, something like nuclear fuel, I bet do we... not touch. Oh, I bet we get some great ones. <laughs> do Mate not ingest. nuts on a packet of KP roasted peanuts. Yes. <laughs> Scott Baldwin's signs. Perfect. All right, boys. Thank you very much. And uh, work. Yeah, I'll see you, see you guys late, late in the week. Thanks, guys. Laters. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 